Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of viral labyrinthitis found under the ENT section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 34-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with acute onset and sustained vertigo. She said her symptoms occurred out of the blue and is accompanied by severe nausea and gait instability. She feels the room is spinning and denies experiencing lightheadedness or palpitations. One week prior to presentation, she developed a viral upper respiratory infection. She has no past medical history and her family history is unremarkable. On physical exam, she has horizontal nystagmus that is suppressed with visual fixation. She also has a positive head thrust test. There is no hearing loss. She has started on prednisone and given ondansetron and meclizine for symptom improvement. Let's continue with an introduction to viral labyrinthitis. As a general overview, remember that it is a viral or post-viral inflammation of the vestibular nerve resulting in peripheral vertigo. And with regards to epidemiology, remember that men and women are affected equally and that the most common age is between 40 and 50 years. Risk factors include herpes simplex virus infection most typically, as well as other viral illnesses such as adenovirus. And in terms of the pathophysiology, remember that the mechanism of injury is unclear but is believed to be due to an inflammatory response to the vestibular nerve. And in terms of the anatomy, remember that the organ affected is the inner ear. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms will include an acute onset of severe vertigo, as well as nausea and vomiting. On exam, one may note nystagmus, which is suppressed with visual fixation. One may also note a positive head thrust test. Remember that this implies rapid turning of the head towards the affected ear, which makes the patient unable to fixate on a distant object. One may also note gait instability. However, the patient typically still has the ability to ambulate. In terms of further imaging, one may obtain an MRI of the brain with diffusion-weighted imaging. This is indicated only to rule out an alternative cause of vertigo when the clinical exam is not consistent with a peripheral vertigo. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about a cerebellar vascular event, such as an infarction or hemorrhage, with differentiating factors being that this will typically be seen in older patients with vascular risk factors, such as hypertension, diabetes, smoking, and hyperlipidemia. There will also be nystagmus that is not suppressed with visual fixation, and the vertigo is continuous for many hours. Also think about Wallenberg syndrome, with differentiating factors being that there will be ipsilateral Horner syndrome, hoarseness and dysphagia, and pain and temperature sensation loss in the ipsilateral face and contralateral body. Also think about Meniere disease, with differentiating factors being that there will be ear fullness and sensory neural hearing loss. Treatment for viral labyrinthitis may include conservative and lifestyle options such as vestibular rehabilitation. Remember that this can lead to meaningful recovery in patients. Medical and pharmacologic options include corticosteroids, which are indicated as initial therapy. Another option is symptomatic treatment. This is used in the early days of vertigo for symptomatic improvement. Specific medications include meclizine, lorazepam, and ondansetron. Complications related to viral labyrinthitis include head injury from falls. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that this is typically self-limiting. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to viral labyrinthitis, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. 
a 27-year-old man presents to the emergency department with dizziness. He states he has experienced a sustained sensation of the room spinning that is low-grade and constant since this morning. The patient occasionally feels nauseous and has been taking diphenhydramine to sleep, which helps with his symptoms. The patient is generally healthy, has no other medical conditions, and only endorses eating more garlic recently to get over a cold he had a few days ago. His temperature is 98.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.1 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 122 over 81. Pulse is 82 beats per minute. Respirations are 15 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. Physical exam is notable for a healthy man. The patient is sat upright. His head is turned slightly to the right and he has laid back flat rapidly. This does not provoke any symptoms, even when repeated on the left side. A nystagmus is notable on cranial nerve exam, as well as bilateral decreased hearing. The patient's tandem gait is unstable. However, his baseline gait appears unremarkable, despite the patient stating he has a sustained sensation of imbalance. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are, choice one, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. Choice 2. Labyrinthitis. Choice 3. Meniere disease. Choice 4. Vertebrobasilar stroke. Or choice 5. Vestibular neuritis. The best answer to this question is choice 2. Labyrinthitis. This patient is presenting with vertigo, nystagmus, an abnormal tandem gait, decreased hearing, and a preceding viral illness or cold without any risk factors suggesting a diagnosis of labyrinthitis. Labyrinthitis is a pathology that occurs secondary to infection or inflammation of the cochlear and vestibular apparatus, which causes the key presentation of vertigo and hearing loss in a patient after a viral illness. The hearing loss is a differentiating factor between labyrinthitis and vestibular neuritis, which only affects the vestibular portion of the nerve. There is no definitive treatment for this condition as it is self-limiting, other than symptomatic control with anticholinergic medications such as diphenhydramine and meclizine. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Benign paroxysmal positional vertigo presents with vertigo that is positional and can be provoked by the Dix-Halpike maneuver and treated by the Epley maneuver. The distinguishing feature is that this pathology is associated with position changes but is not constant. Choice 3. Meniere disease presents with sudden onset vertigo and nausea and vomiting in a relapsing remitting fashion with severe tinnitus, unilateral hearing loss, though the disease can be bilateral, and a sensation of fullness in the ear. In between episodes, patients often feel well with a perpetual sensation of decreased hearing. Choice 4. Vertebrobasilar stroke or a posterior circulation stroke would present with sudden onset and continuous neurological deficits, including cranial nerve deficits, weakness, vertigo, dysarthria, diplopia, dysphagia, and multiple risk factors including hypertension, diabetes, increased age, and smoking among many others. Though vertigo in this condition is continuous, epidemiologically it is unlikely in a younger, healthier patient without any other neurological findings. Choice 5. Vestibular neuritis presents with vertigo, ataxia, and nystagmus, typically after a viral infection without hearing loss. This is a self-limited pathology, and vertigo experienced is constant and gradually improves. 
Finally, a bullet summary. Labyrinthitis presents with vertigo and hearing loss after a viral illness. That's all for this review about viral labyrinthitis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.